Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we get started, are you thinking of creating a podcast or are you a podcast host already? As a podcast strategist, I can help you to launch or relaunch a purposeful and profitable podcast, which will inspire, entertain and educate a global audience. Simply book in a one-to-one call with me right now via the Calendly link in the show notes and together we'll focus on the purpose of your podcast. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Sajna Rahman. Sajna, welcome to Focus on Why. Amy, thank you so much for having me. It's It's been a long time. I couldn't wait to come on your podcast. And I want to start off actually congratulating you on the success of your podcast. I am admiring from afar. And thank you again for having me here. Oh, a pleasure. Well, we've you you requested to come on the show a while ago and I've just been alerted to that fact that I I missed a note saying I'd love to come on your podcast and that was over a year ago and so apologies but we are here now this is your time this is your opportunity to focus on your why and I'm delighted to be able to share that with everybody because I have a feeling it's going to be very special so let's kick it off with what is it you're doing at the moment Sajna? So, um, Amy, I am helping corporate high achievers uh, achieve, multiply their performance and achieve better results in their life. And what started off with producing group programs turned into one-to-one programs. And now I'm transitioning back to uh, group programs. So effectively, I am a high performance coach, trainer and speaker. And I do have a lot of coaches come on the show and it's really interesting. And people say to me, but why do you have coaches come on the show? You're a coach, Amy. Look, there's plenty of space in this world for all of us. We're all doing slightly different things, targeting different groups. And you know what? It's important that the work that we do is shared on this show with as many people as possible because we all resonate and we all build rapport with different people for different reasons. And I love having coaches on particularly because they have a very clear focus on why. So that with your mission and your vision to help your corporate high achievers, what is it that you're focusing on? What is it you're really targeting with, Sajna? Well, my focus is actually stems from my personal experience navigating a career in the corporate world. It's really, in a nutshell, helping them to stop getting derailed, defocused, and and get in track and take responsibility for their careers and their goals in life. So that's in a nutshell. And the system that I use, which I created from all my experience, is the Think Transform Thrive program. And that's that's the way like I do it. So my mission in life is to get women to really take accountability and responsibility of their own career and life and their results. So taking accountability and responsibility to achieve those results, you said it's from based on personal experience. What was it that potentially you weren't being accountable or taking responsibility for? 
so what I said just like earlier, um, derailed and defocused. So one of the things as I was navigating um, my like career, because I, looking back, I had quite a successful like career and I climbed up the ladder through what I would say networking, communicating and just being like present uh, and with enthusiasm. I have no degree. I've got no big formal like qualification. But what I realized what I've done is through having this fearless, I can be, I can be where I want to be and um, getting to management and all the different levels that we have to go through there was a certain point when I did get into leadership where I was involved in a lot of voluntary work outside uh, my industry within my industry there was this big thing that people started to tell me which is a glass ceiling and also um, things like people started to impose upon me that uh, I'm an ethnic minority group, um, woman, Muslim. So all these things that I really didn't see before started to come about as I was rising um, in my career. And one of the things that I know now is I did get derailed. I did get um, lose my focus in where I really wanted to be because I started to support the women's group I started to support like different networking like groups getting involved thinking that I was doing a good thing and by all means I'm not I am not saying that not to get involved in that because these like building a network for myself within and outside my industry was a huge huge um, contribution to being visible and but I didn't know that then I was just acting um, according to my enthusiasm where it was taking taking me but what was happening I started to get approached by different like for DNI being a role model doing this and doing that and, and, and I just got derailed in such a way that there was a cost for me to support diversity inclusion, to support um, women's group, to support all the things that I was naturally doing because it was the right thing to do, but I was getting seen to be doing that. And the thing that really took me to a dark place then was I was really good at my job what I was doing. So just to give you an idea what I was doing, um, I was running um, contracts. I was working in the facility management industry. So I had a real serious job, but because I was showing up, talking about my passion, enthusiasm on all these areas, equality, I felt that people weren't taking me seriously when I was actually doing like my job. So with my good intention, it got me derailed and defocused. And, and I felt that, of course, it, it got me noticed by senior leaders, all the networking, bringing groups together. It got me noticed, definitely. But at the same time, it got me um, derailed from where I wanted to be. So that's from my personal experience. So what I teach um, through my programs and what I share is 
is my learning experience on how to um, communicate better and how to stay focused and hold that gravitas, hold that space and really um, do things with ease and flow without really getting yourself into trouble because that's what I used to end up getting myself into a lot of trouble. <laughs> so you still sort of, well, you're using a lot of corporate speak. You talked about climbing up the ladder and the glass ceilings and and sort of the the derailment that happened, which was and you were you were spending time with all good intention trying to to seek out equality for what you saw as being just a limit that people were putting on it. You didn't see that as a limit. And then it was sort of, it was brought to your attention. And it's interesting because, you know, all this, all the people around you are sort of noticing things, but you're like, well, I'm okay. What's happening here? What's going on? So what was the, you mentioned you had this sort of fearless, I can be where I want to be, but it was yet the expectations of others that were sort of holding you back in a world where you didn't feel held back. Mm -hmm. So if I go back, we all got some manager in our lives where really took a chance on us, really um, gave us the opportunity. And that person for me was Michael Collins. So white, male, pale, stale, However way, you know, that I went on to sort of talking against those people. But so at the age of 25, straight after hitting my rock bottom in life, where I made a decision that I was going to do well in my career and making that decision, I had a real strong focus where I was going to where I really planned what my career was going to look like. So that was me doing it all personally without reading books or self-help. I just knew when I hit rock bottom, when I made that decision, when I planned what I wanted to do, I needed to get myself out there. And with that vision, with that clarity that I had, I was in front of um, Michael Collins that was interviewing me for a job. And what he saw in me was someone that was holding so much enthusiasm. It said, oh, you need a degree, you need this. It said all the qualification there. But what I I, I actually, I'm going to confess, I lied about one thing in my interview. <laughs> and that was a thing that I, there was a system that I was aware of, but I, I didn't have experience in. But what I just said, uh-huh. I have experience, but he did not, he saw through through me, but he knew that I was going to make something of that, that I was going to learn and make sure that, you know, I I do it and I was going to learn it. And he shared that with me after he gave me the job. And he, he shared also, Sajna, you've provided this job because of your attitude and your enthusiasm. And those are the, enthusiasm is something that I, became known for because wherever I went, that's the thing that people tell me that I've got heaps of. And, and that's that was my kind of like turning point where Michael Collin believed in me and there was no reason. So I wasn't exposed to any other like glass ceiling. He never spoke about a glass ceiling. He saw that I had drive, I had ambition, I knew where I wanted to be. And 
he gave me that chance and I stayed in that role for like seven years. I stayed in that role for seven years until he passed away. Then I had to like move like forward. But I think that was my like turning point in really not seeing any ceilings and that I could be what I want to be. And one of the things that is dear to me is he, during our annual reviews, um, the last one we did, he said, Sajna, by the time you're 30, you're going to have your own account and be a facilities manager. Just shy of my 30th birthday, I had achieved that. So that was like, yeah, that was like my, when I look back to learn things from my 25-year-old self, I see that, you know, I see the clarity that I had. I see the plan that I put in place. I see the actions that I took. And most importantly, I see the belief that I felt and had. And that's what got me to, you know, where I, where I went. So it, it became fast-tracked and I did achieve what I wanted to like achieve at then before I was 30. Well, well done you. And I just want to take you back a little bit to, you mentioned that you hit rock bottom and it's often that crisis is a catalyst for those purpose moments. And, you know, there can be all sorts of reasons for for that. But when you, you shared that you hit rock bottom, did you know that this was your purpose sort of surfacing and that was your driver at the time? Yeah, just to give you insight on on that rock bottom, now, every, I appreciate everyone, everyone has like some form of stuff that they've been through, whether it's adversity or, and different, it's different for like everyone, but my rock bottom was, was life and death. So I had to make a decision where am I going to carry on going this path because this path would ultimately lead to death, yeah? And at the time, my son was seven. Or am I going to make the decision and, and really change my life? So the thing that I was changing, I was in poverty, debts, like in thousands. I had, and, and nobody knew about it. Nobody really knew my circumstances. When I say nobody, I meant family. So I was in that, like, position where... It was down to me and feeling that rock. <laughs> and I laugh about it now because it's somewhere that I know I would never go back to. And I made that decision while I was there. I was never going to go and meet that rock ever again. So 20 years later, it's, it never happened. And the decision that I made at that time was to change the life of my life, my son's life, my family's life. And that's been my motivator. That's been my drive. And was it an away from position or were you working towards a particular goal? Did you have an idea in mind of what you wanted? Okay, I'm going to share with you exactly what like what happened. Um, and it's quite when I think about it, it's quite like it's quite romantic. <laughs> so what happened was um, my husband was in, in, in Bangladesh at the time. And my son and I during the summer, like it was actually November on the 5th of November. So November the 5th, 2001 we traveled like to Bangladesh and 
one of the days that we were there, me and my husband were sitting in, in the house um, under the stars. It was on the roof, sitting on the roof. And we started to really reflect on our life, how it was. And there was loads of stars up there. There's loads of stars. So we started to build a picture of having a house, having a car and, and really planning out our son's life. He's going to go to university. He's going to have a great job and we're never going to struggle. And it's something that we were using our imagination. And bear in mind, we had nothing. We had debts up to it. We had nothing. And we were living in a, in a council flat as well. Um, that that even we were in, um, you know, we weren't paying rent on time and, and things like that. So there was a lot of issue, but we moved away from that and started to really plan. And seven years later, we've got everything that we had written in the stars. And that gives me like a chill. So that's why I really go back to my 25 year old self and see what she did and how she done it. And it's almost like she created that blueprint for me. And even though when I'm reading books now, I just, oh my God, I, I, I did this. So where it, where it, there was another turning point. So at, as I was reaching 40, I started to suddenly feel the niggle of oh there's so much more you know I, I I realized that you know I am here for so much more I wanted more as well and I needed to make impact and that transpired from the feelings of my experience of what I went through because that 25 year old girl put those goals in place but didn't put further goals, didn't know what to do after we reached those goals. And what had happened, that's when it plateaued and we became complacent. And then things were go weren't feeling right as, as well. So I'm able to connect those dots now and explain it because that was the key, because you never really get there. You always have to continuously grow and continuously have goals. So that was my biggest learning point. So the next turning point was leaving my corporate job. And, and that was in 2019. And how I did that, so I call it transitioning from entrepreneur to entrepreneurship. So I actually had a side hustle in 2015 with um, someone else from the industry. We created a networking event called Tomorrow Meets Today bringing together future leaders and today's leaders. So that was running for six years and it won an award. So that was my push from the universe. You love doing all this, Sajna. You love giving other people opportunities to excel in their career. This is something that you need to do. And that really aligned with me. So it was, even though it was the hardest, scariest decision that I made, and bearing in mind this was before, <laughs> The, when the world changed, I, I took that step and I, fate, I, just, I just knew that I was, you know, I'm meant to do this. I'm meant to do this. 
And so the plan was to carry on doing like events, bringing people together that was and speaking as well. Because at the time I joined the Professional Speaking Association and I wanted to do make a I wanted to make a career out of things that I was doing already whilst in my corporate role. So 2019 and again, November the 7th, November the 7th, 2019, I made that shift and took that step. And the rest is my next phase, which I'll be happy to talk about. So written in the stars, a push from the universe that you are meant to do this. Do you put it down to your decision or do you feel that there was some other plan for you from a spiritual perspective that's that's a really right really good question because it is I I am very highly spiritual and from a religious point of view so what happened um in like 2019 I was reading a book called think and grow rich and in chapter nine there was a chapter called persistence And in in that chapter, it spoke about the greatest prophet that lived, which is Prophet Muhammad's um, peace be upon him. And I was thinking, oh, my God, what is the prophet doing in this book? You know, think and grow rich. And there's something that happened that I felt really connected to that book in a deep way that it led me to explore further into my religion as well where I was looking at the character of the prophet, like optimism and and all the stuff that you hear about, like mindset, you are what you think about, and all that stuff, I was exploring that. And and, and a couple of months later, after I left the corporate world, an opportunity came to me to do a talk and a presentation in Saudi Arabia. And that's when I started to, oh my God, no, 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 no. It's like, almost like I, having the opportunity immediately, I thought I've got to do my pilgrimage. So as a Muslim, um, it, it, it's one of those special moments um, doing the pilgrimage, which I decided to take my husband along. So we both done that in um, February of 2020. And what happened there, Amy, was there's a process that we go through. Every, like, the day we finished our pilgrimage is the day they shut down for COVID. And it's not so much I felt guided, if, if that's the word to use, is, is, is that absolute guidance spiritually. Um, and that gives me goosebumps because having completed my pilgrimage with my husband and coming back to the UK and then two weeks later we go into lockdown was a key, key thing for me how I saw the world at that time as well. So really what I'm saying, lockdown did not phase me at all. Even the last event that I was at on a Saturday, it was a PSA event, even though everyone was talking about, and I, is it Chris Sakabusi 
was talking about hundreds of thousands of pounds being wiped out of his um, like revenue stream and all other speakers were saying the same thing. And here I am, new in business, where I wanted to speak, where I wanted to run events, nothing like, it didn't phase me because I knew that I just got to look at what else for Sajna, what next. And where that came from is that the desires that I had created was a burning desire. So what that means in a nutshell, there's no plan B. I wanted to do this and I was going to make it happen. So I heard you almost singing the Twilight Zone. Was that what you were doing then? <laughs> it <laughs> felt like that. Oh, it felt like, oh, my God, it's blowing it's blowing my mind. But then I, I don't see why I feel so surprised because when I look back of all the things that I've been through, I was, it felt like I had angels around me or it felt like there was some kind of guidance. Oh, Sajna, you know, what's the lessons learned here? Oh, take the lessons, move on. I've got your back. So it's almost like I could never... And I, I don't like the term fearlessness anymore. I tell you why, because I feel I, I feel that you need to feel the fear. So I don't like saying that you need to feel the fear and do it anyway. And it's important to feel the fear, but it's almost like it. Again, it's it's meant to be, but I felt like it's faith talking. When you walk in faith, you are you know it, it is almost like everything is going to happen for you. And when you have that belief, it's you can't go wrong. And I do talk about the four level of awareness as well. And those levels are to me, by me, through me, and as me. So for the moments there, so if I quickly just give you a recap, to me is the victim stage where you're always blaming the government, the job, the husband, or whatever. And, and, and I think... Most people live in that level one. Level two, by me, is when you get into that stage where you're creating goals and stuff, but you've got a lot of control. So as soon as you get rid of that control and start walking in faith, you're in the third level, which is um, th through me. So that's when you're manifesting and um, you're, you're not just manifesting, you, you're walking in faith. And then when you're as me, when you're at that fourth level, it is literally no separation. You're acting as, as one. And for that moment with my Saudi Arabia experience, I felt as if I was acting as one with the universe, with, with God, with, with every, like it's, it's that moment. So that's what gives me goosebumps. Yeah, I can see, I can feel the goosebumps for sure, because unlocking purpose is a spiritual journey. You know, it is when you have that ability to to know what your gift is and then you sort of, you've gone on this inner quest and and for you, you it was that rock bottom, which was the catalyst for you to sort of go on that quest. And now you're looking to, with a huge genuine desire to help other people to pursue that and help them go through their journey from entrepreneurship through to entrepreneurship and and follow the the type of steps that you've gone on I mean, obviously everybody has their own journey but it is you you know how and having mapped it out before you know what that route might look like for others so what does it feel like now to know that you are living with 
purpose and living um, as me, essentially, not not me personally, as you? <laughs> um, it's really important to, like I, I mentioned, for that moment. So I am not there. You know, I would love mm. to be there. I am dipping to level one, level two. And 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 that comes through life. And and I think the important thing is all about awareness. So I've actually, if, if you want to call it a journey of self-awareness, and, and you probably hear a lot of people talk about that, it is that. It is about um getting that awareness, expanding yourself and continuously growing and personal development has given me that where Amy at that 20 when I was 25 I wasn't looking at personal development I I was like what do they call it um a subconscious competent yeah now I'm conscious you know now I'm conscious and I'm aware that is so powerful because I can, I'm able to put that out to the world so they can start looking to themselves and their results because 97% of the results that we have in life is from our subconscious mind. When I really got to know that stats, oh my God, that's why they talk about the 1% and the 3%, but 97% of what we get in life the results we have and that 97 percent are living in really dipping in and out of one and two in their awareness so when I started to really that that information really helped me I really want to wake people up (laughs) I really want to wake people up to understand this information that whatever they're getting in life is their fault and I say that with love it's not about talking about, oh, my God, shit, things happening. It's your fault. It's not about that. I really do believe in some form or another we, t- we attract who we are. So I will be vulnerable in sharing my experience in the corporate world, Amy. I was confident, yeah, enthusiasm, confident. But what I got to know how internally I was not confident internally I was broke and I'll give you an example why I know that because say 10 people would be sharing oh Sajna you're great you're wonderful you're brilliant you know you're so much wish we could bottle what you've got and we'd be millionaires if we could sell that and then you've got one or two people saying oh who does she think she is you know like what does she do I would be focused on that negative feedback. And what I know now is the reason why I focused on that is because that's what I truly believe. That's what I was set to believe. So you vibrationally align with what you truly believe. So that's just something for like people to think about, you know, why do you get triggered by the negative comment? And I'll tell you, science shows it's because there's some inner work to be done there. Yeah, 
For sure. And uh, you, you talk about waking people up and, and clearly you had a huge awakening by asking yourself those questions of what else for Sajna, what next, you know, and, and this this answers the, your big question, you know, the purpose question. And it was a crisis moment. And and I, I often speak to people and say, don't wait for that crisis moment to, to wake up. You know, it is a case of you can do this work now and finding your purpose and your reason for being is not easy. Uh, otherwise, everyone would know why they're here and why they're doing what they're doing. And but when you do unlock that sense of who you truly are, everything does follow so well. And yet you still have to do the work. It's not an easy solution. That's it. This, you know, you, you, you said you saw the, the, it was written in the stars, but you still had to manifest it. You still had to work on that plan. Mm -hmm. No, no, absolutely. You need to. So one of my core values is attitude. So what I mean by that attitude is a, um, a trifecta of thoughts, feelings, and action. It has to happen. It can't, none, you know, one can't be missing. So it's about having that attitude of being okay to be um, ambitious, having that unshakable, um, that, that unshakable knowing belief that if you work those three, you cannot fail. Because if you are thinking it and you are feeling it and you're vibrationally aligned to it and you're taking the action by universal law, you, you, can't, you can't fail. Now, I, I mentioned the universal law because it's something that people find woo-woo, but I'm, I don't push that upon people because I believe whether we like it or not, believe it or not, we are governed by, by law um, in, in some way or another, whether you think of law of cause and effect, law of attraction, which is more popular, people know about it, but I really truly believe in the vibration, law of vibration. And I think that's the primary law. And I think that is a lot with like energy. So attitude is really, clearly so clearly important and where the action is the action part is the planning is the doing you cannot get what you want if you're not willing to do it and the way to do that is not from logical thinking where you're operating from um, your five senses is utilizing the higher mental faculties and many people don't know that your imagination your perception is part of your higher mental faculties. So I think, you know, getting that knowledge to me now is something that I can look at 25-year-old surgeon and say, oh my God, you've done all this. You were, you, you know, you use your imagination, you, 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 you know, you put the plan in place, you felt it, you felt how it would feel like living in a big house, and you felt how it would, you know, have, you know. A, like a nice luxury car or you felt how it would feel like in family gatherings in a nice big house with a big garden big kitchen big I felt it I felt I lived it so one of the key things now that I like teach is really becoming that person you want to become now and I think we wait 
too often, oh, I'll do that when I'm skinnier, I do that when I'm richer, I do that when I'm boom, boom, boom. What we've got is now. And and that's when we should be really like focusing on, on the present time. So yes, it's it's all about having that vision first. Yeah, feeling that vision. So the vision is like purpose, mission, and believing and then achieving through like action by doing all the work. And if you had to add a chapter to Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, what would you be adding to that book? Oh gosh, that is a, that is a brilliant question because I would love to do that. I would love to do that. And my, my chapter would be Become the person you want to become now and you will gravitate towards who, you know, who you're going to become. So the, 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 the thing that I would, the task that I would give people is to take one habit from that future self at, at a time. So let's go with decision-making habit and practice that now. So the more or more you know who she is, and that's another thing, the more you have to create that self-image, you have to create who that person is, how you want to be, to the T, to what you know, what shoe she wears, what um, coffee she drinks. It's just creating that and believing that. And the more and more you practice those habits that she has, you will naturally be filling that, well, you'll be naturally closing that gap between where you are now and who you want to become then so that would be my like chapter love it fabulous and it is so true because as a consequence of becoming who you who you are you know you still being the authentic you but you're living a more fulfilling life in the process no no absolutely and that's that's so important is to be your authentic self and I know it's cliche everyone like says that but I always say I'm authentic and one of the other um uh, value that my core value is integrity and that's integrity to self and I realized that I was being crappy to myself as in I wasn't doing what I was what I said written out to do and when you can't be integral to yourself you can't really live that value. We all like to think that we are integral, we are honest, but if you're not being honest to yourself and you're not honouring yourself by really doing what you say you're going to do and not letting yourself down, how can you be integral to others? So again, it's security, freedom, all that is an inside job. It cannot be found in a job. It's an inside job. And that's where it should stem from. And, and I think a lot of people like know that subconsciously and they, they believe that and they're doing that. But this is a topic where it needs to be continuously, continuously studied and understood. 
I love that. And it is such a case with your unique journey, your unique purpose is all about you, you starting where you are now and, and being the expert of your own life. But what matters to you is, is about, as you say, taking that action. And I love your new chapter. You know, that's fantastic. Become that person now and, and take one habit from your future self. I'm going to ask you, what is a future self habit that you're going to be adopting, Sajna? So I actually um, said it, it's the decision. And I know I'm good at that when I put my mind to it, but it all comes with the decision. And I think the more quicker you make the decision, the better you become. And I'm not saying, you know, like make decision on the room. It has to, it has to be committed decision. That's another thing, committed decision. And not, and also just the area that I really probably have struggled with is probably health. So it's not to do, it's, it's health and, and be better to my, like myself, my body and, and take on like more goals <laughs> that is connected to my, like, like health. Brilliant. Well, Sajna, thank you for taking us on a journey of self-awareness. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on Focus on Why. How would people get in contact with you? So I'm in most um, social platforms, so LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and I'm even on TikTok and most importantly, Clubhouse as well. So Clubhouse is somewhere that I do hang out strategically and so people can find me in and my name is Sajna Rahman and you'll find me in all those platforms well thank you and I'll make sure they all go in the show notes so thank you for that Sajna it has been a pleasure and apologies again for not picking up that you wanted to be on the podcast almost 18 months ago now it's it well not probably not as long as that but just over a year but it's been it's been fabulous having you here today how would you like to leave the audience Right. Okay. Thank you. I've really thoroughly, thoroughly um, enjoyed this, um, Amy, and I loved being in the presence of you. Thank you for giving me this space to express. I truly, truly enjoyed it. So what I would like to close with is, it's a fact. It's a fact that all of our results is a re direct reflection of what we believe and what we habitually think like so the question is are your habits and your belief working for you is it serving you is it serving you to get you to your next level of performance we need to be growing if we're not growing we are dying so if you are the person who is safely tiptoeing through life, hoping to reach the end safely without taking risk, then really I advise you to take a look at yourself, take a look at your results and do a self audit on yourself. Owe it to yourself. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Focus on Why with me, Amy Rowlandson. To show your appreciation and to help other listeners understand what value you have received from tuning in today, please leave me an Apple Podcast five-star review. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. 
To keep it going, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.